Nobody knows what's going on when we watch the Olympics. We just turn on our TVs and become obsessed with sports we haven't thought about in four years. This is why we made the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games. I'm your host, Roger Sherman. Each day during the Tokyo Olympics, I'll tell you about a different sport, athlete, or storyline. We'll be releasing new episodes every day starting July 19th. Follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you know exactly how to watch the Olympics. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by two guys who spend more time in the sand than David Hasselhoff, Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Today we are going to do training camp stock up, stock down, although we're doing it through Happy Gilmore quotes, so is it really like above par and below par? Oh, nice. Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> but the problem is sure. stock down is like below par, but below par is good, so that might be kind of confusing. It's going to be kind of, yeah, it's a little confusing. We'll figure it out. But I mean, it's not that confusing. Below par is good. We just switch it up. It's like, you know, people, are, it's not rocket science. People can get it. I'll okay. just say this guy is going to be a better golfer and this guy's a worse golfer. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Exactly. See, it's simple. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just going to go through. There's just so much news that's coming out. It's like drinking from a fire hose. So we're just, or maybe bathing in a pond, maybe is a better metaphor. <laughs> and we're just going to go and we're just going to sign Happy Gilmore quotes. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, just kind of, uh, you know, a little stock up, stock down. Week plus into training camp. I What I really want to do is next season, as soon as the season ends, we all got to go to a batting cage and just take balls to the chest. <laughs> Three, like, 364 64. days to the next season. <laughs> got to get stronger. Got to toughen up. What do you think is the highest miles per hour you could take? Because he takes like six of them. Oh, Not God. like one. Like What is he the highest mile an hour you could take? Straight to the skull. Not that, but the chest. Like, would you take like... How many of those do you think you could take to the chest in a row at like 90 miles an hour? I'd be, oh the, kid, I'd be the kid that gets in the cage after him and just goes, ah, <laughs> it just crumples. <laughs> if it's 90 miles an hour to the chest, I could take one and then I'd go to the doctor. Oh God, that hurt a little bit, but I'm okay. Yo, Jacob Easton, the guy who's going to replace Wentz in Indianapolis, that's the little kid who gets knocked over by the ball. He's <laughs> <laughs> like six round Jacob Easton playing Aaron Donald in week two. Like, ah. <laughs> Also, are there a lot of batting cages at golf courses, by the way? I was thinking that, too. <laughs> is it's that like, a weird what thing? What is this is golf normal? course nice enough to have a tournament you can get out of the PGA Tour, but there's a batting cage next to it? It's kind of an all-purpose recreational facility, you know? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's a simpler time. All right. All right, Heifetz, do you want to start? I, I do want to start. While we're on the Colts, 
I was thinking about Jonathan Taylor running back yeah. for the Colts, yeah. and I was just happy. Maybe I don't. I don't. I don't know if you guys play golf. Like I think about this every time a puppet just just tap it in, just tap, <laughs> tap, 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 tap it in. Just tap it in. Just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a I was thinking that because Jonathan Taylor is going to have a hard time finding holes this season. It's going to oh, be very tough. Good one. Strained, maybe. That's fine. I think this is the right conversation to be having, though. I mean, how low? Like, let's actually look at where Jonathan Taylor is currently ranked in our rankings and where should we put him next week? Because we're going to re-up our rankings soon. And as of right now, we have him right after Nick Chubb, right before Austin Eckler. How you guys feeling now? Well, right now, so we've got him 13th overall in half PPR. I actually kind of feel like that's around the right spot. Like maybe move him down a couple spots. Like some people were drafting him in the first round. And, and you know, to be totally honest, I've drafted him in a first round of a draft or two here um, prior to the season, but I wasn't feeling great about it. I really do think more, it's more accurate now. So maybe move him down like one or two spots. I'd probably put Eckler over him now, but I don't think we need to move him down too, too much. And I don't think we need to completely overreact, but it, it's, it's tough, especially like, I think the Quentin Nelson news is actually worse for Taylor than the quarterback situation. Cause no, he was, I'm, yeah, I'm overreacting. I'm going to overreact. I'm how far totally, are you so, dropping him? So, well, so here's the thing. So Carson Wentz, we, we talked about this, but Carson Wentz on Monday, he had surgery to excise a piece of bone from his left foot. He's out five to 12 weeks on Tuesday. The next day, Quentin Nelson, their starting left guard has the same diagnosis and has to get the same surgery and has the same timeline five That's to bizarre. 12 weeks, which first of all, what are the odds of that happening? I've never even all? like heard of that. Yeah. Who would you guys rather be healthy in terms of Jonathan Taylor succeeding Quentin Nelson or Carson Wentz? Okay. It's Wentz. No offense to Quentin Nelson. It's like the, 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 the <laughs> okay. drop. Just look, wondering. The, the drop from probably a true. average quarterback to Jacob Eason's sixth rounder is bigger than the drop from the best left guard in football to a replacement. You really think Eason's going to start the year? You don't think they're going to go get somebody? Whatever they do, it's a disaster. You're bringing Foles. in a quarterback on three weeks Foles. notice? That's bad. It's going to be Foles. They're going to bring in Foles? <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's the yeah. funniest thing. Philip Rivers coming back from coaching his Alabama high school? Also funny. Whatever they do, I'm not excited about it. And now one of the strong things for Jonathan Taylor is, will the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the league? Not if Quentin Nelson's hurt. So I don't like this. I'm not a fan of this. And I think that a lot of the reasons we like the Colts allowed us to overlook the fact that they have not one, but two guys who could take touches from Naheem Hines. Takes a lot of passing down work. You have Marlon Mack who can still be in the fold. Like Frank Reich's never been quite a guy who's going to just like load up on one running back to begin with. I'm dropping Jonathan Taylor, I think, outside my top 12 running backs. He's like a fringe second rounder to me. There's just all, I don't like Ooh. when many Ooh. things pile up that are negative. It's like, it's nothing about Jonathan Taylor, but like, how many times is he going to get to tap, tap, tap a root? Yeah, so he's just kind of firmly in this tier three now, maybe in the lower end of it. The guys, the Clydes, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. Yes. You think he's right in there? Yeah. I think that's fair. That's how I feel. Like, what what makes you optimistic about this Colts team right now? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, lo right, I well, love in this. I love in this scene when uh, Chubbs is like tapping and tapping and and then Happy like looks down to start putting and he goes, "Hey, tap it in!" <laughs> like interrupts <laughs> his putt to like tell him to tap it in. I just think that's so good. To stick with the tier three running backs, another guy I wanted to talk about who's having a good camp is Antonio Gibson, the running back for Washington. Mm. He's a guy who I would now take over Jonathan Taylor, I think. Uh, my yeah. my happy Gilmore quote for Antonio Gibson is when 
Uh, Happy Gilmore is at the driving range for the first time, just crushing balls. And that nice couple goes, wow, how often do you play? And he goes, never, this is my first time. <laughs> which it which is, is to me is Antonio Gibson playing running back, you know, because he was receiver <laughs> at Memphis. One. Yeah, I love he that. He shows up and they're like, Jesus, you're PFF's fifth running back? How often do you play? He's like, never, this is my first time. <laughs> That's so good. You're like a freak. How often do you play? Never, this is my first time. Hey, you should play in the Waterbury Open tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll see you guys there. Uh, but listen, the more and more I think about it, we might still be a little low on Antonio Gibson. He's like an end of a second rounder kind of guy. We have him ranked 21st. Uh, are we still underrating how good the offense could be? I mean, we obviously got Fitz here. There's going to be a huge second year jump potential for him. Ron Rivera, when they had Ron Rivera and Norv Turner were there for Christian McCaffrey's beginning of his career. Right. And, and McCaffrey had 197 touches year one, jumped at 326 in year two. And Norv Turner's gone, but now Scott Turner, his son, is the OC with Rivera in Washington. And I don't know, man. I mean, if he's already good at running back and they're gonna try and work him to be a better receiver, he had 36 catches last year, and he's that's what he's best at, playing wide receiver. If they phase out McKissick, I know I've said in the past that like those guys don't go away, but he doesn't have to go fully away. But if they can kind of turn Gibson into some type of uh, McCaffrey light, uh, this could be a situation where 2022, you know, the new phase of four running backs, like I've also talked about earlier, Gibson could well be in that range. And I, I love Gibson a lot this year. As, if that turf toe continues to stay at, you know, at bay. I would also take Gibson over Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other running back that has the potential to be the most McCaffrey-esque than Gibson right now? Like, are there any... Like, even in our top five, I still feel like there's so many question marks around everybody. You know, like... Look, for instance, Aaron Jones, I think, is still going to be, like, a part-time player. Alvin Kamara, they're never going to give him 20-plus touches a game. Like, Gibson could legitimately be McCaffrey-esque in volume. And I think there's... Maybe like Joe Mixon is the only yeah. other one that I can think of right now. Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy, but that's a big question mark right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think his upside is absolutely just astronomical. I think the reason he's low is exactly like that quote. It's like, never, it's my first time. Maybe he just doesn't know how to putt or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. I, I, I don't think he's McCaffrey-esque because, I mean, McCaffrey, again, when he's healthy, plays like 90-plus percent of the Panthers' snaps. I don't see that, but I do th see Gibson not coming off the field nearly as much as he did last year. Yeah, but still, I, I, it's, it's, I didn't expect to get here, but yeah, I'd rather have Gibson than Jonathan Taylor. I'd also rather have Najee Harris than Jonathan Taylor. Like I'm moving Jonathan Taylor down, and Gibson to me is just I haven't seen anything that's d dissuade me. Also, it sounds like his toe is okay. I mean, it hasn't been an issue the last, or at least since training camp started. So that's very promising. Did you hear him say they interviewed Gibson after a practice, and he said running routes is pretty easy, pretty easy to learn. <laughs> Love it. So it's like, man, I, that feels great. Oh man! Lock him in. Put him all over the field. So when he hits a hole in one, he's like, "Oh man, that was so much four. easier. I should just I do should that every time." <laughs> <laughs> Good plan, man. Oh my! God. All right, DK. All right. So this one's this one might be a stretch, but I just feel like Dan Campbell has big Chubbs energy. He's, he's got a lot of <laughs> Chubbs vibes coming into the season, um, specifically with Lions coach Dan Campbell. Yes, Lions coach Dan Campbell, who specifically when Chubbs introduces himself to Happy Gilmore. And he's like got his hands behind his back, and then all of a sudden he pulls his wooden hand out. He's like, "Damn alligator bit my hand off!" Oh my god! Yeah, tournament down in Florida. I hooked my ball in the rough down by the lake. Damn alligator just popped up, cut me down in my prime. He got me, but I tore one of that bastard's eyes out though. Look at that. 
You're pretty sick, Chubbs. <laughs> and he's like, and he starts like tapping him in the shoulder, like, you know what I mean? He's like, but I got that bastard's eyeball. <laughs> just the horror, the horror and recoil, which Happy Gilmore is like looking at him is so great. I love how his hand gets run over by a truck and then it, like <laughs> he puts it back together and his fingers are always falling off. Yeah. Happy goes to shake his hand. He just squishes all the hands up. Um, and so basically he's Sturdy. like, Dan Campbell, I think has like the, the take that bastard's eyeball type. He's the type of guy. He's going to like jump in after an alligator and take the eye. Dude, he literally wrestled steers when he was a kid on a farm. <laughs> yeah, he's taking a ranch. He's, he's taking hunks out of people. In fact, as we're recording this, literally, Uh-oh. I see Uh-oh. a tweet that says Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell starts the day with two 40 ounce coffees and two shots of espresso. 80 ounces of coffee and four shots of espresso every day. What? <laughs> 80 ounces of coffee? Wait, sorry. I, I need those numbers again. Please say those numbers. I think I heard you wrong. Two 40s of coffee plus two shots of espresso each day. <laughs> so do we know where he gets the coffee from? Or is he making it at home? He just like fills it up. He fills up his big gulp at 7-Eleven on the way to like camp or something. He's a Holy Duncan guy. Shit. Guaranteed. <laughs> That's a lot. That's what? kind of... He's, Stomach issues with that, man. Hold on. Uh, we need to get into this. A cup of coffee is eight ounces. That's It's around 100 milligrams of coffee, according uh, of caffeine, excuse me, according to Google. So if he has he has <laughs> 80 ounces of coffee. So he said 10 cups of coffee and then the espresso? Just That's 1,000 milligrams of caffeine. Dude, no wonder he gives all his interviews like that. He's, he's, he's hopped up like a spider monkey. We're on the other episode now. I got that bastard's eye, though. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I don't know. How, I don't think we can quite move on yet. I think this is incredible. I mean, we have just, Craig and I have this longstanding thing where we kind of don't know if coffee, Craig thinks coffee is for the unmotivated. It's so for you think the, Dan it's not motivated, Craig? Yeah. I think it's for the week. Uh, I, I just love to see what Dan Campbell's like in the morning before that coffee, you know? <laughs> also, what happens if he doesn't drink the coffee? Like when your body is used to eight cups of coffee and two shots of espresso like the other day. Like if he, what would oh happen God. if he just didn't have coffee? Do you think he consumes them in eight ounce containers, but refills them over and over and over to look normal with a cup of coffee in his hand? Or do you think he goes giant, massive cauldron that he just carries around in the morning? I think he's got a big thing, <laughs> but I, I guess he must make it at home in the, it, he must make it weak. Like there's no way. It's like a camelback. Of coffee. He's just drinking all day long. He has one of those hats with the straws that go to his mouth. <laughs> like the guy with the, the caddy with the beer. Yeah. <laughs> the caddy with the beer. That's incredible. Oh, man. Anyway. Well, Sticking really- with... Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. You want to... Uh, you have another Dan Campbell quote? <laughs> well, I did think of one other when I was rewatching the movie. Just with Jared Goff showing up to Lions Camp in Detroit and stuff and kind of being in the Dan Campbell situation. I don't know if this is true, but to me, it feels like when quarterbacks are on teams like the Niners and the Rams, to me, it's like super progressive and hip and cool. It's like working at Spotify or working at Google. Like the offices are all cool. And I feel like the Lions is the exact opposite. Like you show up, it's like a cement prison cell. And so I just imagine Jared Goff, Jared Goff getting in, sitting down in his little, (laughs) his little locker room. And he goes, Dan, could I trouble you for a a glass of warm milk? It helps you go to sleep. And Dan Campbell goes, you can trouble me for a warm glass. Shut the hell up. You're in my world now, Goff. You will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. Check out the name tag, grandma. Sir, um, could I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? It helps put me to sleep. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Now you will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. Check out the name tag. 
You're in my world now, Grandma. Sean McVay gives Dan Campbell a dollar bill and goes, I want you to take care of this little guy right here. <laughs> and Dan Campbell goes, oh, I, can't, I can't accept that. I want you to do me a favor. You see that lady? She's very important to me, okay? Okay. So I want you to take extra special care of her. You know what I'm talking about here? I can't accept that. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can take extra special care of that young lady over there for nothing. By the way, Ben Stiller, one of the greatest cameos of all time, right? Ben Stiller is one of the most underrated comedy actors of our time. Oh my god, that's such a good that's such a good uh, character. He's just like behind behind uh, Adam Sandler. He's like giving the throat slash to Grandma. Like, shh. Anyway, so good. Do we have any fantasy thoughts on the Lions, Deacon? What do you think of DeAndre Swift? Yeah, so you got him as a stock up here. My very periphery. Analysis, uh, fantasy analysis on this is I'm getting more and more excited about DeAndre Swift. Part of the reason is because Dan Campbell is bringing those Chubbs Peterson vibes, um, and he's just kind of a psycho. And I think that they're going to run the ball a lot, and he, he's they're just going to like take you know hunks out of people, all that stuff. They got they're going to have a good offensive line. Um, but he recently, Campbell recently said he envisioned Swift and Jamal Williams being similar to like the Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Uh, you know, sort of like pairing that they had with the Saints. And oh, an Alvin Kamara uh, comparison. That's that's new. Why do people only compare their running backs to Alvin Kamara? Just, it, you always want to compare yourself to the best, I guess. I mean, Kamara is like the platonic ideal of that profile of running back, right? So like that, I get that. Because everyone wishes they had Kamara in the third round. It's just that. They just like, oh, I, we could have had that. That would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, there was also another, DeAndre Swift the other day said, the energy is different in Detroit now. Guys are smiling, having fun. People kind of forget to have fun playing a kid's game. You can't forget to have fun. And that just reminded me of the Chubbs Peterson going, it's all in the hips. It's all, it's in, all the hips. in the hips. Just easing the tension, baby. Easing the tension. Uh, can you imagine going from... <laughs> Ease it on someone else. <laughs> can you imagine... How different it would be under a guy like uh, Dan Campbell versus Matt Patricia. Yeah, that's I tough. Also, cannot. DeAndre Swift, is football a kid's game? Well, <laughs> kids play it, yeah. Yeah. I think it actually scientifically has now been proven it should not be a should kid's not game. Be a like, kid. we actually know that now. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> the Okay, so Swift, I, I, I think every part of this, I think you're right about, like, it makes sense that this team's going to run a shitload. And it's kind of one of those, like, it's the same reason that it was pretty easy to see them taking Panay Sewell in the draft. Like, oh, yeah, right. The guy who wants to hunks out of people wasn't going to take a receiver in the first round. Like, they right. want to tackle. So it's just a question to me of, like, how much work is Swift going to get versus Jamal Williams? I like Jamal Williams, the value of him getting him later in drafts, but I I can see both. You're, 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 you're chipping away at me. You're taking hunks out at me and my not loving Swift. Sweet. Yeah, he, Sweet. he's another year two jump guy, just like Antonio Gibson in that tier four of running backs with J.K. Dobbins and Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. I got to say, I think I like Swift more than Jacobs and Sanders at this point. So I think I also winning me over. Yes. You can bring him closer to Clyde for me. All right. Craig. All in the hips. <laughs> so another guy who has had a huge camp that I'm it's all it's honestly all second year guys. It's I think we've all been too. uh transfixed with rookies having these big years that uh, we're forgetting that the second year is usually the year they make these big jumps. C.D. Lamb has been apparently just destroying camp. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of beat reporters, you know, they're saying he's reached Dez level of Oxnard domination. Oxnard is where they host training camp. They say there's a significant gap between Lamb and everybody else. He's had the best training camp on the roster. 
There's so much buzz, and we have him ranked as our wide receiver 13. You know, before Dak got hurt, just uh, C.D. Lamb was on pace for like 80 catches, almost 1,400 yards. That's like right what Justin Jefferson was doing. Like, Is there a chance that if Dak never got hurt, that C.D. Lamb is Justin Jefferson? Oh, yeah. And that- Absolutely. And that- and that he's just a wide receiver seven in everybody's rankings. I don't know. I I understand that. There, I mean, it's w- once you get to the top, you really got to kind of pick some nits to rank these top receivers. But there's something about CD over these guys like Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin and Terry McLaurin that are going around him. There's just it's just more fun. You know, fantasy supposed to be fun. Like CD's just so exciting, and I feel like yeah, you know. Armari Cooper's probably already reached the peak of what he can do. Michael Gallup would kind of know what he can do. CeeDee Lamb is the guy in the offense that I feel like could really take like the biggest leap and really connect with Dak the most. And it sounds like that's what they're trying to do in, in the training camp is move him all over the field and get him the ball uh, as many ways as possible. I could really see CeeDee Lamb, you know, week three this year and we're all like, God damn it. This was right in front of our faces. He's a top five wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 quote that came to my mind when I was like reading all the quotes about C.D. Lamb and everything, like last year, basically he lined up in the slot for the most part. It was I think it was mostly in the slot. Now they're moving him all over the formation. He can play everywhere. He can get the more high value uh, looks and and passes. And the thought that came to my mind was when you know they're doing the playoff and Happy goes, uh oh, Happy learned to putt <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's basically like the same deal. It's like. He's taken his game to the next level. He's not like a one-trick pony. Not that he was a one-trick pony, you know, last year. But basically, you know, he's taken his game to another level. He's he's a complete receiver. We play all over the formation. So part of me is just like we should just flip CD and Amari. Because we got Amari Cooper as our wide receiver 10. We have two Cowboys receivers in the top 13 receivers. We have 10 and 13 right now and half PPR. I almost just want to flip CD and Amari right now. Well, that's my question for you. Is is, is CD Lamb the number one? Like, do we think of CD Lamb as the number one receiver for the Cowboys in a, like this point next year? Yeah, I mean, we might. I think it's a pretty solid chance. No one ever projects wide receivers to both be top ten finishes, but it happens a lot. Like every year, there's usually one duo that both finish in the top ten, but no one ever projects that because it feels kind of risky to do that. But I, I think CD and Amari, with how much the Cowboys throw the ball. Well, that's the, the question, though. Are we because we just talked up Michael Gallup the other day, and I think that we're all kind of into Michael Gallup as the quote. He's probably he's easily the best third receiver in the NFL, and he's an overqualified third receiver. So, but we like him to get really as two B work here. Are we saying that Michael Gallup's moving up? So, but if we don't move Mark Cooper appropriately down. Are we saying Dak is going to get even more volume, or do we have, or are we trying to move Amari Cooper down, like not like a spot or two, but like decently? Because Amari Cooper has had again what for the umpteenth season in a row, he's starting this like he's on the PUP, the physically unable to perform list. Yeah. He's got, I believe, he had an ankle surgery in the offseason, so he's still not a hundred percent. And it's just, it's it's always annoying when you have you're drafting a receiver who like has the questionable, and you're like, oh, like you don't know how healthy they are, and. It would really suck if it's like November and you're like, yeah, Amari Cooper's been gritting through this ankle injury all season. You're like, that sucks. I think when they're on the field that they're both playing their equals. I think they're both kind of around the wide receiver 10 spot. But I would weirdly say, despite how young C.D. Lamb is, there's less risk involved with Lamb just because of the health factor. So you're sitting there on the clock, you know, and Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb are both there. Like, are you taking Amari right now? Nah, listen, it's it's so much more fun now <laughs> yeah. to pick CeeDee Lamb. Just do Even it. Even if just, it's maybe not the right move, it's just more fun. I feel like that's kind of dumb. 
It's my instinct, but how often are your instincts? Sometimes your instincts are pretty stupid. I mean, CD Lamb was immediately good. Like, I feel like we're not really talking about that. Like, Justin Jefferson took a while to warm up. Like, CD was Amari Cooper. CD Lamb was immediately good, but we knew Amari Cooper was good. I'm saying, like, as a rookie, like, literally the first four weeks, he was just like, oh, he's already great. Yeah, it's just, it's hard to scale up. First of all, you're right about the Justin Jefferson thing because, again, they basically were averaging, like, Justin Jefferson, who broke the record for rookie receivers receiving yards. That was basically the same yards per game mark that C.D. Lamb had with Dak. Like, it's he was at Justin Jefferson clip. Having said that, they're not going to be throwing as much as they were for that four-game sample. Like, they're not. But, like, yes, you can say that. Cool. Maybe they won't, they won't throw the most in the NFL, but, like, are they, do you think they're going to throw the top five most times in the NFL? Probably. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that they just happened to be— Again, Dak Prescott set a career high for passing yards three weeks in a row. That's just, it's, 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 it's dangerous just to look at that sample in a vacuum, but I mean, I like CD. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out how, like, like it, it's kind of like, I think everyone's kind of like, it's kind of hard to be up on Amari, especially until he comes back on the field, but we'll watch hard knocks and we'll all change our minds all over again. Well, if, if anything, hard knocks is going to change our mind, not on Amari, but on CD. If we're going to be even more on, in on CD. Yeah, probably. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. DK. All right. So the next one that this was actually the first quote that I thought of when we when we decided to do Happy Gilmore <laughs> is and and it's I'll just tell you who it's going to be first and then I'll give you the quote. Randall Cobb going to the Packers and especially like specifically like lobbying with Aaron Rodgers to get traded from Houston, which is maybe the worst franchise in professional sports right now, to the <laughs> Packers, which is one of the top ones is 100%. So, Happy Gilmore, he loses his house because his mom owes like 250 grand in back taxes, blah, blah, blah. So, he's taking her to, you know, this new nursing home, Silver Acres. It's going to be really great. It's, you know, you're going to love it here. You're going to make so much, fr- so many friends. And then all of a sudden, this lady jumps on the, jumps on the hood of the car and just goes, Get me out of here! Here, just eat that! Leave us alone! <laughs> and I just could, I just keep thinking about Randall Cobb doing that. Randall Cobb is jumping on Aaron Rodgers' like hood. Get me out of here! Uh, He's like, here, eat this. They give leave him us dirty alone. Subway. <laughs> it's like she's a it's bear. Like cheese curds. <laughs> I love how Adam said Happy Gilmore just continues to take his grandma to this place. <laughs> After that, he's like, Nah, I'm sure that's just a one-off. Uh, by the way, in the immediate connection I made with this after was is Je- is Jack Easter 
sorry, is Jack Easterby the Ben Stiller character of this story? <laughs> Just like this fucking like maniac guy that's like running, <laughs> running Silver Acres nursing home. Uh, also, random, no, they, very random. Like this is like an IMD, IMDb fact. The opening to the scene, it just shows Happy Gilmore driving in front of this nursing home, and I'm like 99 percent sure he's just driving down a sidewalk in front of the nursing. Oh home. yeah, he was. I just noticed that too. <laughs> like, he's not, not a road. This is road. definitely not I a road. That too. It's not a road at all. <laughs> Black Wait, the other thing I have to shut out. No, but why are you talking about Randall Cobb? The the funniest <clears throat> thing I've seen about the entire Randall again, Rogers looks like I won't come back unless you get me Randall Cobb from Houston. Ben Solak, now of the ringer. Yeah. Mm. He said that it was like that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy where they're breaking out of the prison and he's like, All right, I need I need you to hit that button and get me that receiver and then bring me that guy's leg. And then they're in the thing of like Chris Pratt brings him the legs. Oh, I was just kidding about that. You, I, I, I thought that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, I just need these two things. That's amazing. I love that. Um, Wait, so do we like Cobb, though, with the Packers, though? Yeah, specifically to Cobb, since this is a fantasy show. Is there a world in which he is fantasy relevant? Like, are we... Should we now... I mean, because I don't think we even had him on our rankings before this move. Is is there some? Is there a world in which he actually emerges as the number two, or is this more just like a feel-good move for the Packers kind of deal? He needs to rise up the ranks, for sure. I mean, in best ball, people have him going as the wide receiver 77. Yeah. Like, that's fucking insane. Well, he should 100% be a flex option on your team. Here's my question. Does this hurt Devontae Adams? Because no. I think that, Dev well, no, but like, I think, so Devontae Adams, guess how many touchdowns he had inside the 10-yard line last year? 11. 13. Inside the 10-yard line? Devontae Adams had 13 touchdowns just from inside the 10-yard line. And I think that the simplest answer for that is, he was the only guy that Aaron Rodgers trusted inside the 10-yard line. And so what I'm wondering now is if he if he trusts Randall Cobb so much that he actually was like, I'm not fucking coming back until you get me Randall Cobb, and we're now up on Randall Cobb, doesn't this have to take a little bit away from Devontae? Because there is no chance the Packers will be better in the red zone. The Packers probably had the best red zone conversion season ever last year. They're going to decline a little bit. And I'm wondering if this takes away from Devontae's touchdowns. My my opinion is no, it doesn't really take away from Devontae. I think there's a chance maybe like he'll get one or two fewer looks in the red zone. But I think the reason Devontae Adams is so dominant in the red zone inside the 10-yard line it's not because he's the only guy. It's because he's a fucking layup every time you get in that area. Like, they just have it so dialed in. They have, like, these, you know, they do, sometimes they'll do an isolation route where he'll just line up on one side. Sometimes they'll do combo routes where it's, like, a screen play. But they have it so dialed in. They're so good at that. Devontae Adams is so good at shaking guys off the line of scrimmage that it's, like, legitimately just a layup for them. I don't think it's because he's the only guy. I think it's because he's, like, unstoppable. You know what I mean? If anything, I think Cobb might eat into a little bit like Tanyan's role. Because um, Tanyan scored, like, 10 or 11 touchdowns or whatever. That's probably just not going to happen again. Um, I think that Cobb is going to get some of that work. He's going to be the de facto number two, I would guess. You know, unless it's, like, MVS, Lazard. I would guess that that Cobb will come in there and get a pretty good role. So in 2018, which is the last time he was with Green Bay, he had 61 targets, 38 catches, 383 yards, and two touchdowns in nine games. That's an average of almost seven targets a game, four catches, 42 yards a game. So 16-game pace, he'd be over 100 targets. Um, 68 catches, 681 yards, four touchdowns. I don't think that's like... 
you know, he's not going to be a wide receiver too in fantasy. No, but I he think might he be a be flex. Cole Beasley. Yeah, he might know? be a flex option. I don't think he's particularly sexy, but no. I think he'll be a, a serviceable player to start on your fantasy team. You know, most weeks. Also, that was remember that was like three years ago, so, and he's how he's old not do you young. guys think he's, Randall he's Cobb a spring is? chicken? He's like thirty two or something. No, he's thirty. Thirty, okay, which is younger than I thought. His birthday is August twenty second. He'll be turning thirty one in a few oh, weeks. Okay, get him something for his birthday. <laughs> okay, can I give you guys one? Yeah, yeah, a stock up. Ah, I need your help with the evaluation. I, th- this is me coming to you in a moment of weakness. So I'm thinking about Sony Michelle for the Patriots. When that scene where he, <laughs> his grandma's like, my fingers hurt. And you're like, your fingers hurt? Well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. <laughs> and I was like, I think, for, first of all, unbelievable. I feel like for like a month, I've been thinking Sony Michelle was going to get landscaping duty. Like the Patriots were just going to cut Sony Michelle. I feel like he was not going to make the roster. And that's just sucked me into the Damian Harris vortex that I was in last season, where I just love Damian Harris. He's a really good football player. And I just feel like he's such so primed for this two down role for the Patriots. It's like he'll get first and second. James White gets the passing work. And then Ramondre Stevenson, who's like the he's a rookie fourth rounder, was probably going to like redshirt or apprentice. And now Ramondre yeah. Stevenson apparently is just not playing well. And Sony Michelle splitting with the ones. And it's like, is Sony Michelle going to make this team or what, DK? I got no idea, man. Is so, he getting landscaping duty or not? Prior to this week. I was under the assumption that Sony Michelle was just going to get cut or traded immediately. Um, but based on multiple beat reports from the last week or so, he looks explosive. He looks fast. He's getting reps with the ones. He's not going anywhere. It's like in uh, in, in rounders when he's just like, when uh, Teddy KGB is like hanging around, hanging around. <laughs> or He's just hanging around, man. Are the Patriots just doing this to inflate his trade? Belt? Maybe, maybe. Well, I, mean, I also just, I mean... Imagine trading for so- Sony Michelle. Who the fuck is no, going to trade for Sony Michelle? I still Michelle? think... <laughs> oh, the Dolphins. I still <laughs> think... so ridiculous. I still think he gets cut, though. And I still think that I love Damian Harris. I'm irrational. I love Damian Harris. I understand I'm probably conflating, like, a good player with good fantasy value. But I just love Damian Harris. I feel like that the Patriots are going to want to run more. And I just, I just love Damian Harris, man. But maybe I'm just <laughs> wishing this was a thing. Maybe you're, I'm the one yeah, pulling you're landscaping duty. Um, am I? Am I pulling landscaping duty? You might be. Yeah, we've been wanting Shit. Damian Harris to be a thing for a long time. I want Mac Jones and Damian Harris to be the Patriots' offense, and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it sounds like Cam Newton on Tuesday was much much better than. Mac but then Jones. today, apparently, it says Cam Newton struggled with accuracy today, and Mac Jones was sharp. It's back and forth. It's so stupid, dude. It's so stupid. There's. It's like watch. It's like checking your stocks every day. Oh my god, seriously. Um, that actually is exactly what it's like. Here we are doing stock up, stock down. That's where we're doing par. That's where we're doing above and below par, which we have not yeah, checked in yeah. on in like a half an hour. Okay, well, can, can we... So another guy who seems to be on the rise, but you never know. You know, it's like three days in a row of the stock being up. You, you know, don't freak out. <laughs> Tua. So Tua apparently has been good. Yeah. DK has been sending his little beat reporter tweets into us and we're reading that, you know, Tua, six touchdowns, no picks, blah, blah. He's completing deep <laughs> Notice that DK was right. super silent when he had the zero touchdown, six pick day. We just get the right. six touchdown, zero oh, pick Oh, it turned to six picks now. I, I believe it was only four, but still. Oh. Maybe it was five. I can't remember. <laughs> People are like, oh, you know, he's more effortless now. So listen, I am not a believer in Tua, but if he does pan out this year, <laughs> it reminds me of this quote. I'm stupid. You're smart. 
I was wrong, you were right. You're the best, I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking, I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that. <laughs> oh, yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah. as long as you can admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid, you're smart. <laughs> That's, That's all I'm gonna feel if two is good. You're very good looking. I'm not attractive. <laughs> uh, but so two is having a good camp, and this wants me. Uh, this makes me want to talk about the wide receivers, yeah. and in particular, Will Fuller. Is there a chance that we are underrating Will Fuller just a tad? He's basically going as the wide receiver forty, and I think we're overreacting a bit to the one game suspension thing. Most most players don't play 16 games. I know Will Fuller never does, but like missing one game, I don't think should really affect somebody's value too much. I know his QB is not as good as Deshaun Watson, but he was the wide receiver six last year in points per game, six. And now he's going to the wide receiver 39 in our rankings, essentially, on an offense that isn't projected to be terrible. I would say they're projected to be like a middle of the road offense, but you know... I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, blah, 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 but it's like you have Devontae Parker who didn't have any chemistry with Tua and you have Jalen Waddle who's a rookie and had ankle problems all of last year. And then you have Will Fuller who's one of the most dynamic receivers in the league and he's getting drafted behind guys like Jerry Judy, Juju, Brandon Cooks, DJ Chark. Is this correct? So I, that's an extremely convincing argument. The one thing I want to push back on is that he's getting faded because he has the week one suspension and not because he's had one excellent season in his career he's been healthy for and then immediately got popped for PEDs. No, he he's good every time he's it's on the like field. It's not like he's never been good. Yeah, he's always No, I know. Been he's good. never stayed on the field. I know. I'm just saying. And like, look, we loved Will Fuller last year. We were on Will Fuller. We all had him on like all of our teams and all loved it. And then we're all very dis and all got really upset and lashed out. Maybe I'm still lashing out. I think the question though is just how much is he? There's just, I think I'm down with two things that can be true at the same time. I actually like the idea of the Dolphins having a good downfield passing attack this year, and I like the idea that Tua can progress. I just don't know how to turn that into fantasy value with this receiving group because these guys just aren't on the field right now. It's it's it, I, To me, that's my concern. But Will Fuller is extremely talented. I just feel like we just have so little information about how any of these guys are going to be used. But he's being drafted as the he would be the fourth wide receiver on your fantasy football team. Like how the guy who was the wide receiver six last year and who's healthy is he can be the fourth guy on your team. Like, okay, if he sucks, big deal. He's literally not even starting for you. Yeah. I think it's great. Would value. you take him over Jerry Judy? No, oh, that's tough. What about you, DK? Probably not. Cause I think Judy's going to blow up this year. Um, I think I would take him over Juju. I would take him over Brandon cooks. I would take him over maybe DJ Chark. What about Debo? Yeah, I think I, I think take, I him, over take him over Debo too. I so yeah, I think that the the as the hype continues to build with Tua, we keep seeing more and more clips from training camp of him launching these deep bombs down the field, which is something he absolutely did not do last year. Last year it was very hit or miss. Uh, he never really. But that's got his into whole a, thing. DK, is he's good at the deep ball, right? He was yeah, great he's at Bama. Extremely, extremely accurate down the field. Throws a beautiful deep ball. He's got kind of like the Russell Wilson moonshot deep balls, like where he just like lofts it right down into his receiver's hands. Um, and he's doing Tua that. Has the best spiral I think I've ever seen. Maybe it's just because he's lefty. It looks different to me. Just, but I actually yeah, I feel like I've is. never seen a football that looks like Tua's football. He, he really does. I think I, Hyphus, I think I even wrote that in like my scouting report last year when I was putting Tua's thing together. It's like his, he just has a pretty deep ball. It's just like, just like slices through the air effortlessly um joe shad from the palm beach 
from the Palm Beach Post today said, Tua Tagovailoa just completed a deep pass down the right sideline to Miles Gaskin. What's different about Tua's throwing motion this year? It just appears more effortless. Well, here's what's different. He's not coming off of a potentially career-ending hip injury that could, poten- <laughs> that could potentially affect his whole throwing motion, his whole, you know, like biometrics, essentially. Just think about that. Do you that. need your like, hips to throw a football, though? Yeah, I think it's important. Like, it's Just like, watch Dak, baby. It's not like a kidney where like, core, you just only need core, one. baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is a... The drumbeat is building, and, you know, Shad mentioned it, Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald mentioned it. We're just getting more and more reports that he looks much more comfortable much more natural and and again that's like his game it's very like uh he's in he's in the rhythm of the offense he drops back hits his back foot launches a bomb that's what he did at alabama and it's just like a natural fluid thing and that's he's getting back to that i think we have a hard time believing as fans that a player can be on the field playing and starting and is not even close to 100 percent I think we just kind of assume if you're playing, you should be playing at your peak at all times. And that might be why I'm like not in on Tua because, you know, I saw him at Bama a little bit, but last year I was like, this guy doesn't have it. And it's kind of like, it's I'm anchored from his rookie year. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. And I mean, I think that's fair because there's so many rookies that come in and look like shit and then they just never get good. But I don't know, man. I'm kind of buying this. All right, so we're... we're uh, Two, two is better, but I, I think it's less about two for fantasy than it is. Okay. Someone who deserves to be anchored. Sammy Watkins for the Ravens. I hate to do this. I don't want to do this, but we're going to do it. Do it. So people are talking of Sammy Watkins. <laughs> yeah. People are talking of Sammy Watkins, which first of all, the fact that there's Sammy Watkins preseason hype reminds me of when Shooter McGavin's like, this guy spends more time in the sand than David Hasselhoff. And the other guy's like, yeah, that was funny the first time I heard it. I'm like, yeah, the Sammy Watkins hype was cool when I heard it in 2015. That was cool. And, yeah. And, and every single year after. <laughs> every training camp and every week one, I feel like I'm putting on the mini golf course against the fucking clown. And every time I'm like, oh, Happy Gilmore is going to be, or uh, Sammy Watkins is going to be good this year. And then he goes, and laughs at me. And Happy goes, ah, he's laughing. He's having a good time. <laughs> he's laughing. He's having a good time. Good for you. Yeah, laugh it up. Enjoy your night. <laughs> Come on, Happy. Concentrate. That's how I feel about Sammy Watkins laughing in my face every time I think he's going to be good this year. I hate that clown. You're going to die, clown! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) You're going to die, clown! I just, I hate that clown. And yet, despite all of this, I have to bring this up because here's the thing. Marquise Brown has a hamstring injury that is worse than the Ravens originally thought and they have no timetable for Marquise Brown to return. Can I just say, God damn it. And he's a speed guy. So just as Craig was just saying about some guys are like health, like you assume they're on the field, they're healthy. Speed guy returns from hamstring injury. Doesn't mean he's 100%. That's a problem. Rashad Bateman, one of their topics in the draft, muscle is like not practicing with muscle tightness. Miles Boykin, who even at this point, he's kind of a special teams guy, hamstring injury. All the other receivers seem to not be practicing. Meanwhile, Sammy Watkins is according to the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, one of the best receivers in the NFL period. And... Apparently, he, Watkins has just been the best receiver at Ravens camp, period. So my question for you guys, we do not have Sammy Watkins ranked. Do yeah. we have to rank Sammy Watkins? Do we have to tell real human beings that they should draft him? <laughs> Starting to feel like it. <laughs> I hate that clown. Um, I hate that clown. So, yeah, we have to rank him. Here, here's I the think deal. we have to rank him, but I don't want to rank him. Listen, listen, I have a question for you guys. This is a simple question. It's a yes or no answer. Do you think Sammy Watkins is good? 
I don't know. That's tough. I straight up. I actually. I'm serious about this. I think if you asked every NFL expert in the country, I don't think more would be confused about how to answer that question for any question you come up with than is Sammy Watkins good? I think if Sammy Watkins is 100% healthy, he is a top, you know, 50 or 60 wide receiver. Like he deserves to be a starting wide receiver on an NFL team. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, the pendulum has swung too far back on Watkins where people are like, this guy sucks. He doesn't suck. He's just, he has been very inconsistent. And I don't know, maybe there's this thought that like the number two receiver for the Chiefs is just like an irrelevant player because they're just going to funnel all these like snaps and targets to uh, Tyree Kill and and Travis Kelsey. Uh, here's the thing that people keep anchoring to and that, that people keep going back to. When Sammy Watkins was a second year player in Greg Roman's offense for the Bills, he had 60 catches for 1,047 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, and again, that was in a Greg Roman offense with Tyra Taylor at quarterback. So it was a mobile quarterback. You know, it was a run heavy offense, which is what the, what the Ravens are going to be this year. I I don't think it's like wild to imagine a scenario where Sammy Watkins goes over a thousand yards this year. If he can get no, nine, can no, get, oh my God. God, with Lamar, oh the God. least with We're Lamar, who's oh my God, that's insane. Yeah, maybe it is wild. Clown. Maybe it is wild. You I guys hate just this You guys just freaked me out. Did I? Just, is it so was sane? The, was that the hottest take I've ever given? That was like a Ted Fuck. Ginn level take right there. I mean, listen, the Ravens run the ball more than any team in the league, and it's not like Lamar's dicing up secondaries. Dude, he had 421 I, yards last year. Okay, let me let me re-say this. How about 700? No, I sure. liked it. I liked it better. You literally just said the last time he had a thousand yards was with the same guy with the worst quarterback. This was with Tyra Taylor at quarterback. Lamar Jackson was yeah. the MVP. No, I, you got it backwards. I'm saying the last time he did this was with the same coordinator, Greg Roman, but he had a worse quarterback when he did it. Obviously, Sammy Watkins. I immediately situation. regret saying anything, even though you're defending me right now. I immediately regret it, like, hard. No, it's all right. This is a safe space. No, it's not. It's a podcast. People listen to this shit. <laughs> um, There's nothing wrong with fucking you know, backtracking. Ha- t- a take shot. I'm backtracking off of it, yeah. I, I don't. Please stop backtracking. I immediately I, I, regret saying Can people this. do me a favor? Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com and let us know if you think Sammy Watkins is good. But I just, I'm just so curious. I have no idea. Everyone's opinion is equally as valid. So I have no idea. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a Twitter poll. We, we have, just yes I, no. I just don't know. I, I have no idea. Good? Is he good? I, I don't. Oh God. I, don't. I already have like massive, massive, like regret even s- saying that stuff about Sammy Watkins. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right. Well, while we're backtracking, what do you think about uh, the Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo mess where we just completely lost our minds over Trey and now people yeah. are like, well, but Jimmy's the starter. So like this, this is, we even talked about it on the last podcast, how we're like starting to really buy into the Trey Lance hype and, and you know, I'm buying into the idea that he's going to be the week one starter. I think that still could be the case. However, 
Uh-oh. This whole scene, this whole situation, the, the Garoppolo versus Trey Lance competition really reminded me of the scene where <laughs> Happy Gilmore, I think it's his first it's his first stop on the tour, right? And he's just like yeah, smashing yeah, yeah. the shit out of the ball off the tee, but he like sucks at putting. It reminds me so much of the reporter is talking to uh, Shooter McGavin. He's like, hey, did you, what'd you think of Happy, Happy Gilmore? And Shooter's like, oh, I didn't get to see him play. I was too busy winning. And then he's like, you got to admit, though, it's a hell of a drive, 450 yards. And he's like, yeah, how do you finish? Dead last? Yeah, you had a good day, though. Thanks. Where's my check? Shooter, shooter, shooter. Uh, what do you think of Happy Gilmore? I didn't get a chance to see him play. I was too busy winning. You got to admit, that's a hell of a drive, 450 yards, huh? Yeah, how do you finish again? Dead last? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a good day, though. Thanks. Is it true that he made a 400? It really reminds me because basically, like, Shanahan, and look, I get it. We can't trust what Shanahan's saying, but we can trust the fact that Trey Lance is still not even getting first-team reps. He got one first-team rep, and it was because they were installing something in the run game. He's gotten one first-team rep so far. And everything we're hearing, including, like, you know, like, believable reporting out of San Francisco is that it's Jimmy Garoppolo's job to lose. Jeremy Fowler yesterday, feeling out of San Francisco is Jimmy G, has been bawling out since OTAs. Definitely his job to lose. And then... You know, basically, bottom line is like we're all enamored with the long drive. We're all enamored with with Trey Lance's tools, but the fact he can throw it to the moon, he's he's mobile, all this stuff. But the question is, can he putt? Is he going to be good enough in all the details where he's going to be the starter for this team and he's going to beat Jimmy Garoppolo for this job? You know what I mean? Like, I guess like where I'm going with this is like maybe maybe we're like a little bit. Maybe we need to like back, like pump the brakes a little bit on this. Well, I just, we can pump the, let's set right now the expectations because it's also important to remember that as much as the Trey Lance thing was a little hyped, Jimmy G, it's not an accident that reporters are now speaking out more in Jimmy G's defense. There are certain stakeholders, perhaps agents who are reading the same (laughs) news we are and are like, huh, I don't like where this news cycle is going. Let's push back a little bit. Just remember that that's a real thing. So, with all that said, I actually don't think, like, I think that the fact that Trey Lance is the week one starter, that's probably a little off. But the broad outline of what we're talking about with Trey Lance, I don't think has changed at all. He brings more to the Niners. He literally brings a more a, a bigger playbook yeah. with more options, a read option element, and probably the best version of the Niners offense is with Trey Lance. It is solely a question of when he will be ready to run that offense. I still think that that could very likely happen at some point early in the season. And I love Trey Lance as an upside quarterback because, again, the difference that Trey Lance or Justin Fields bring for upside in fantasy is the the rushing yards and the rushing upside in addition to not sacrificing the passing stuff because they're still good. And that, you know what? If you want a regular passing, you can get Derek Carr whenever you want him in a fantasy draft. I have no interest in Derek Carr on my bench. I'm not really interested in Kirk Cousins on my bench. I want Trey Lance and Justin Fields, even if they're not starting immediately, because when they do, they have the chance to be a top five guy every week. It, we just, But Kyle Shanahan himself doesn't know when this is going to happen. I don't, I, but, so I, I think that as long as we're clear on that, you might have to wait. We don't know how long, but when they come, they're probably going to be really good. I was too busy winning. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy it G. also reminds me of the quote when the PGA commissioner and Shooter McGavin are walking, <laughs> yeah. like strolling through the course, talking about kind of Happy Gilmore's uh, fame and how he's what he's doing to the to the, the sport of golf. And the commissioner's like, 
Yeah, I mean, even I'm beginning to come around on Happy Gilmore, and I kind of see that as Kyle Shanahan and like all of the media being like, "Yeah, I mean, even I'm beginning to come around on Trey Lance." And Shooter's like, "Everyone's beginning to come around in him." Well, I'm not, Doug. <laughs> this man is ruining golf. <laughs> I think it's great what he's doing for the sport. Well, yeah, I'm beginning to come around. Yeah, everyone seems to be coming around. Well, I'm not, Doug. This man is destroying golf. I saw two big, fat, naked bikers in the woods off 17 having sex. How am I supposed to chip? Without going on, Doug, you've got to kick. <laughs> Saw two big fat bikers having sex. Shooter had a point though. Like, <laughs> sure, there was a lot of assault. Like, Happy Gilmore honestly should have spent at least one night in jail. He just punched <laughs> a lot of people. You can't <laughs> behave like that. He pulls the shirt over the guy's head and punches him out. You okay. cannot. When he makes like that, that putt, and the guy's like, "Geez, he finally made it." And he's like, "Yeah, right. I, I tried. I just couldn't make it." And he punches him in the face. I so love good. that though, because that is a real hockey move where he grabs the shirt and does like that. Yeah, is actually yeah. like a, that's a classic hockey move. Shooter McGavin ordered a man hit Happy Gilmore with his car on the fairway, and then he drove it into a TV station. <laughs> Dude, the pre nine eleven era was nuts because the the security there was no security. Also, the car on the field, is that, is that also Carson Wentz? Just the car just hitting him in the middle of the field? It's just so random. No, I guess that's Happy Tyler to would be the guy who gets hit in the car. Well, I'm not, Doug. That's great. <laughs> well, I'm not, Doug. This man is ruining the Niners. Dude, also, that guy never got arrested, did he? No. He, he ran away. the golfer with the car and got uh-huh. away with it. <laughs> he just drives Where off was the, the security? He's, he just runs away. <laughs> Jack Shooter? Shooter, well, uh, how about we go grab some grub? Red Lobster, my treat. Sizzler. Sizzler. Go to the Sizzler. Are Sizzlers still around? Is that a place? Yeah, I, I think, think they're so, still yeah. Holy shit. Um, anyway, to round it all out, I feel like we're the first stop on the PGA Tour when 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 uh, Happy Gilmore first comes out and he's like getting all this hype because he looks amazing. I ultimately do agree. Like, I think he's going to end up being a starter, but I'm... I'm still waffling. I'm I'm really waffling. I'll, I think if anything, maybe but this is changed? just like. What's changed? You want Trey Lance or Fields on your bench? What's changed? Nothing has changed about that. Nothing has changed about that. However, I think it is important to point out, like Trey Lance has not been getting first team reps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and Shanahan had even said it. Like, he's like, no, we're not splitting reps up. I thought Trey had one of his better days Saturday, but that's nothing to move him up there with Jimmy or anything like that. Like. Until he starts getting first-team reps, he's not going to be the fucking starter in week one. That's my point. I still agree, eventually, he's going to be starter. They didn't trade up to three to get him to not be the starter. But I'm waffling about like the, fir- the first week thing. I realized I said this literally okay. on the last episode that I was like buying it. Now I'm waffling. I'm waffling, guys. You're a waffle house. We're gonna make you. We're gonna make you sit in the waffle house 24 hours, and every <laughs> take that you take back, you can take an hour off yeah, your, yeah. your time. Another quick stock up out of Niners camp is Brandon Ayuk, another second-year guy who I really like a lot. He's impressed in camp. He's kind of the best shape of my life. I know he's young, but like, you know, he said he lost a bunch of fat, added muscle. He said he couldn't handle many punt returns last year because of his his body. He now feels like he can. Listen, he was the wide receiver 17 last year in points per game, and we have him ranked as the wide receiver 28. I know that Kittle's healthy. Debo mm-hmm. ideally will be more healthy, but like, I that's kind of baked into his price. I mean, he played 10 games with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins last year, and he was the wide receiver 17. And I think he's usurped Debo Samuel as the most dynamic playmaker in the Niners' offense, you know, right, I, other right. than George Kittle. Uh, he was a wide receiver nine last year in expected points per game. I mean, he's. I, I think Ayuk is another true explosion guy that could be a top 15 player come midseason. 
I love so Ayuk. I think that the second year breakout thing is something that we always have to keep in mind because I think everyone assumes, you know, because like, I, yeah, the big argument against Ayuk is that, well, he did it with Kittle and Debo not in the lineup for a lot of that. But can we just like, is there a world in which Ayuk just turns into like freaking, you know, I, I don't know who the good example is like DK Metcalf is breakout season his second year. Like he turned it, he went from being a very good rookie to being like an elite receiver in his second year, an elite, elite player. Is there a world in which Ayuk just turns into an elite, elite guy? I think I'm just intoxicated by the Niners in general and what they could be. Yeah. I don't know. I'm bullish. I'm bullish on it. You want to get some quick hitters out with the, the rest of the quotes? Yes. Sure. So okay, I really wanted to get this one in there. This is just a quick one because we haven't really heard a lot of buzz about Matt Ryan. And a lot of that, I think, is the fact that Julio Jones is now gone. And they, their offense is just so much less dynamic, even with Kyle Pitts, you know, in there and everything. But every time I kept thinking of every time anyone asked Matt Ryan about Julio Jones, he's like Happy Gilmore talking about his ex girlfriend. He's like, huh? Oh, how's that nice girlfriend of yours? Oh, she got hit by a car. She's dead. And then he, <laughs> Happy Gilmore, like goes out of his way to uh, tell the girl he's, he's going after. He's like, Hey, my girlfriend's dead. You know, she fell off a cliff and died on impact. <laughs> I just think it's like Matt Ryan just, trying to put that in the past you know he's just he doesn't want to talk about julio anymore when happy's out there in the suit soaking wet talking to julie bullard <laughs> yeah my girlfriend's dead you know <laughs> she fell off a cliff and died on impact dude the julio one for me was just he can never get in the he can never score a touchdown in the red zone and i was just thinking of the ball when he's like go to your home ball are you too good for your home son of a bitch ball why didn't you just go home that's your home are you too good for your home answer me Suck my white ass ball. <laughs> that's that's every fantasy manager the last eight years watching Julio in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Uh, another one that I thought of, and this one, I don't, this is not like a super fantasy heavy one, but like the guy, the Kevin Nealon character that Happy is gets paired up with on the tour, who's just like very spiritual and like feelings. It just reminded me of Pete Carroll. He's like. A lot of pressure. You got to rise above it. You got to harness in the good energy, block out the bad. Harness energy, block bad. Feel the flow. Feel it. It's circular. It's like a carousel. You pay the quarter, you get on the horse, it goes up and down and around. Circular. Circle. With the music. The flow. All good things. Like, can that you just see so Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll. Just, whis- <laughs> just whispering oh, in, in Russell Wilson's ear? <laughs> Fuck Russell Wilson. That's Pete Carroll telling Craig how to set up the recording equipment for Flying Coach. <laughs> It's circular. You put you in put a quarter, quarter you, in, get up on, up. you get on the horse, it goes up and down and around. Circular. That's how he prepped for each pod. All he good just things. sit to himself and repeat that with his eyes closed. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the other one that I was dying at was when I, I was looking at Taysom Hill when when he starts winning. He's, Happy Gilmore starts beating uh, Shooter at the end, and he's like, you know what the embarrassing thing, thing is? You've been doing this your whole life. <laughs> I'm like, that's Taysom Hill, like, just playing quarterback now, and he's, like, beating Jameis, and he's like, you've been doing this your whole life. Uh, the Taysom Hill quote that I thought of, this one's really short, but, like, you know when uh, Happy convinces uh, Virginia to go ice skating with him, and he gets him on the ice, and he immediately just, he just straight up can't <laughs> ice skate. <laughs> he's like almost falling down she goes you used to play ice hockey and he goes shut up <laughs> and I just think of I think of that when I'm thinking of like Taysom Hill I'm like you're a professional quarterback like you're getting paid 20 million dollars like, when you see him throw you're a professional quarterback 
don't know. Also, well, we'll the, the other one we haven't talked about is Ryan Fitzpatrick is just like a dead ringer for the caddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah straight really up. I, I can totally envision Ryan Fitzpatrick bathing in a pond somewhere outside, like Ashburn, Virginia. <laughs> Does he have any lines besides the one that's like, and slanting left? Like, because Happy's like, I got to make some money. What do you think? Slightly downhill? And slanting left. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that might be his only line in the whole movie. <laughs> not- I love when Kevin Nealon puts the quarter down to mark his ball and he steals it and pockets it. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> also, speaking of which, wait, wh- what about us? Like, where's our Subway Free for Life card? Seriously. Hey, Happy, can I have one of those? The other one I, I have to throw out here, which is very important, is when, I can't believe we didn't get this to this yet, but when ba- Bob Barker beats the crap out of Happy, <laughs> and he's like, I don't want a piece of you, I want the whole thing. All I can think is that's every time I get in an argument with DK. It's like, I just think, just DK, just the older guy, beats the, the absolute piss out thing. of me. Now you've had enough, bitch. <laughs> bitch. And then a DK comes back and he's like, nope. Now you've had enough. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite move in that whole fight is Bob Barker grabs him by the chest and just throws Happy onto it like his upper back. It's like the best old man move. He just grabs him and throws him onto his back. No, the old man move is he does seven jabs in a row. <laughs> yeah, he's like <laughs> sparring. <laughs> There's no combos. It's just jabs. By the way, can you, Craig, can you play just a snippet of this fight scene? Because this fight scene has the most incredible sound effects I've ever heard. Like I was listening yes. to this movie with my headphones on and the, the punching noises are classic. You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. You want a piece of me, old man? <laughs> now you're going to get it, Bobby. <laughs> now you're going to get it, Bobby. Bob Barker is 97 years old, still kicking. Holy Shouts out Bob shit. Barker. Now you've had enough. And then as he walks away, he's like shadow boxing. <laughs> yeah, he's like still going. <laughs> still going. That's DK after every pod with me. He just like beats me in an argument. And then it's just like, yeah, she starts boxing, throwing punches. All right. I think that's all we got. I do want to say... Uh, I want to revive the emails, the fun facts at the end of the episodes. Shout out to Katie who threw this at us. But if people, the the real ones will remember that last year we had a fun fact about how dung beetles use the Milky Way to navigate. And that's where they put them in perfectly straight lines. And it turns out they use the Milky Way to get the perfectly straight lines. But light pollution is screwing up the dung beetles and all the other animals that navigate by starlight. Anyway, that's not the point. The real point is email us at at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com, and we're going to get more fun facts going at the end of the episode. So please send us your fun facts. Love it. Maybe we'll bring back trivia, too, later in the year. we got a lot, a lot coming. A lot lot going on. All right. Oh, I, I, DK looked like he had another quote left. You know, you, you, you didn't, I thought you were like loading something, DK. Like no, I was, I, I'm looking for a song. I'm looking to, I'm trying to figure You're out looking who for I'm band. supposed okay. to shout out. I did. I was going to mention the, the Giants brawl and my, my quote was going to be the one that you already used about, uh, my fingers hurt. And Joe Judge <laughs> is like, oh yeah, well you guys just pulled landscaping dudes. <laughs> oh, did anyone else's right. fingers hurt? All right, we're all pulling landscaping duty. All right, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Happy Gilmore. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Literally, thank you, Lorne. Oh, Leonard Skinner. Literally, thank you, Lorne, for this one because SNL, Adam Sandler, we wouldn't have done this without Lorne. So actual thank you to Lorne. Yeah, for all we know, Lorne produced the Happy Gilmore. I feel like yeah. he did all those movies. The SNL An angel band with the Leonard, Leonard Skinner, Skinner quote the is, row. Yeah, it's from that. It's from the movie. There, it's like the Happy Gilmore theme song, essentially. Oh yeah. I'm in the front row. I'm hammered drunk. 
right. Thank you, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.